If you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to Matthew 22 this morning. As well as, and I'm going to start a series. I felt led when I was praying this past week about what direction, you know, to come to go for today. But it kind of turned into a thought of not only is a three-stranded cord, the Bible says, not easily broken in marriage. A three-stranded cord in our spiritual life is not easily broken either. And I want to start a series that will go today, next week, and the week after At the beginning of the summer, I felt impressed by the Holy Spirit that pretty much told me that if we would continue and not, summertime kind of turns into a time, and it's natural, we're on vacations, we just kind of get distracted, the kids are out of school, I mean, I'm a parent of two teenagers and I fully understand of all the different ways our hearts and minds can begin to be led off in a direction, I really felt strongly impressed that if we would, if we as a church would continue to apply ourselves in three areas, and number one is worship. Everybody say worship. worship. The, word. the Word. And prayer. prayer. If we would apply ourselves to those three areas, then our church would... I'm not as much concerned about growing numerically, even though I believe that when people come in here, we've had people get radically touched and saved by the hand of the Lord. Every week I believe that because the Holy Spirit is present. But I really, really believe we're at a very critical time in our church and everybody say the basics. the basics. This series is going to be called The Basics because I think a lot of times we're looking for new, some kind of new revelation to really wow us when we come together on Sunday. Or, and those are all great, but I have found something very simple in my life, and maybe it applies to your life. Sometimes I'm far more educated than my level of obedience. Sometimes, listen, the, the devil knows the word, <laughs> but he twists it and he kind of... So we're going to focus on those three areas. And today, I felt like we're going to focus on worship. Again, everybody say worship. I want this church to go to a new place in worship. Usually, it's not the big wow moments in our life. It's usually just getting back to the basics of life and the basics of the word of God that will create the best growth in your life. It really will. It'll, since it's football season and I do enjoy some football, I'll give you a football analogy. I've shared this before, but you probably won't remember it. It's been quite a long time ago, but I was always impressed by the coach Vince Lombardi. Vince Lombardi is the coach that they named the Lombardi trophy after. Um, The Super Bowl trophy is named after him and he won many Super Bowls, you know, back in the early days of the formation of the National Football League. And it was amazing that when he would get together with his team, they had won several Super Bowls in, in a row. And they had players like Bart Starr that the year before he had thrown 35 touchdowns. And when he would get them together for training camp, he would get them together and look at them and say, this is a football. It has laces. This is the way it's shaped. And this is how we are going to start the season, is getting back. We know that in training camp, football, when they go into the summertime, what does every coach say? Or they hit a a little losing streak, and the coach will get up at a press conference, and he'll say, guys, it's time we get back to the basics. And listen, if I could, if these next three weeks, I'm going to give you assignments every single week. When When we teach on the Word, I'm going to give you scriptures to look at and memorize all throughout that week. Those will be handouts this week. When we, when we talk about worship, here's my challenge at the end of the time we have together today. 
I want you to become a worshiper. I think that if we can become worshipers, worship God in spirit and in truth, it says he is seeking that. If we could focus on that, I'm telling you, the word, the worship, and our prayer life. Put a little plug in. We are going to have a prayer meeting tomorrow night. I want to encourage you, if you're available, come tomorrow night. Because we combine all three of those elements in our prayer time. We worship him and come to his throne and just give him adoration. Because we should always understand that if we're just seeking God for answers, I think we're putting it backwards. If you just seek him for who he is, then you'll see the answers come very naturally in your life. And sometimes it's important. So the next three weeks we're going to talk about the basics of life, the basics of your spiritual life. If you're a new Christian in here or maybe only been walking with the Lord for even a few months, but I'll say this too. Sometimes it's the Christians that have been walking with the Lord for the longest time that need to be reminded of the basics and reminded that we are to continue to grow in our faith, grow in our love for God, and those three things, that three-stranded cord, the worship, and you see this in the Bible when you understand that really only three angels were named in the Bible, and of course that's Gabriel, Michael, and Lucifer. And Gabriel, of course, was the one that, you know, brought the, uh, the word, he brought the answer. We see Michael fighting in prayer when Daniel was praying, Michael was fighting, and then, of course, we see Lucifer. And the interesting thing about Lucifer is every time that he's mentioned, whether it be in Job or whether it be at the temptation of Christ when he went into the wilderness, he is always wrapped around and mentioned about wanting whoever he was coming against and attacking, he was wanting to get their worship. I think our worship is incredibly important. And this morning, I'm going to lay out a few foundational things that we think worship is just about singing and clapping your hands and spending time even in here on a Sunday morning and just coming together and singing the songs that are up on the screen. But can I tell you, worship is far more than that because it encompasses your entire life. Amen? It encompasses everything that you are. So if you're in Matthew 22... We're going to look there this morning. We're going to jump over to Genesis 22 here in a minute and talk about Abraham and the way that he worshiped. And just look at some of these principles in the Bible. But if you don't understand, same analogy in football, if you don't understand how the football works, then you're not going to be a successful team. If we as a church and you as an individual Christian don't understand the basics, then we're going to kind of get in trouble. So don't forget the basics over these next few weeks. And again, I'm going to give you some challenges going into the week that I believe if you come back the next week, you'll have grown in your faith. Amen? Because I found this out in my life. We usually don't have a promise problem. We know the promises of God. We usually have a pattern problem. Everybody say pattern. pattern. Dr. Brenda Lemus preached a message back in May talking about the pattern. Do not conform to the pattern of this world But it talks about being renewed in our minds. And what I'm going to lay out the next three weeks is a pattern that God has laid out in his word that is going to help us grow. How many are interested in growing? Amen. Amen. How do we do that? We worship, we get into the word, and we spend time praying and communing with God. So here in Matthew 22, the religious leaders, are they've come to Jesus, and naturally they're trying to catch him in something. They're trying to kind of trip him up. They're kind of trying to get something they can use against him in order that they would be able to, 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 to have a charge against him. And they come with a question, 
And they say, you know, what's the greatest commandment? So look at, at Matthew 22, verse 37 this morning. This is our anchor text that we'll use. Lots of pages turning. You guys must have been in the beginning of Matthew 22. <laughs> Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Amen. Father, for these next few moments and minutes as I endeavor to teach your word, I pray our hearts would be receptive, Lord. I pray the soil of our hearts, that the seed of God's word would go into the hearts of the people here present today. And Lord, your, your word has the power to change lives. It has the power to break stoniness of heart. It has the fire to set us and light us up so we can reach a lost and dying world. God, if, you're, if your word is bread this morning, we want to consume it. Lord, if your word is light, we want to be led by it. We ask the Holy Spirit that anything said of Jason Hanks would fall by the wayside. But Spirit of the living God, anything that's said under the unction of the Holy Spirit, I pray would go into the hearts of these precious people. Change us this morning, Lord. Help us to become worshipers of you and you alone. In Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. The principle that we see in the word when it comes to our worship is a very, the reason I started with this instead of starting perhaps with the word, we'll do the word next week, or even starting with prayer, because again, I think the principle is very clear in the Bible that the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And when we understand that, we can be on, on, the, on the offensive instead of being on the defensive. And how many have ever had something taken from you? Anybody in here had something? Yeah, you had something stolen? I, this has been quite a long time ago, but I had gone out to my car to get my wallet and realized that my driver's license had been taken out of my car. How many don't like going to the DMV? No. So I just kind of thought, well, whoever wants to be me for a while, let them go. It's not all that grand, so just let them have at it, you know? And sure enough, probably three weeks later, Put on a pair of shorts. I reached down in the pocket, and there it was. And I went in and told Leah, can you believe somebody broke into my car just to break into my house and put my driver's license back into my pants? She didn't even respond. She just shook her head. But I say that in jest, but I seriously want to remind you that what we think the enemy has taken from us is usually right by us. And we just don't know it. When you can become a worshiper, listen, if you can become a worshiper, a true worshiper that instead of living your life grumbling and complaining, and you can shift that to understanding that even in our hardest times and our darkest moments and those most difficult situations, if you can become somebody that allows worship to rise up out of you, it will absolutely change you and it will change your circumstances. Here in Matthew 22, verse 7, and it talks about the devil being a thief and a liar and a taker. But in Matthew 22, we see something important. Everybody say mind. mind. Worship is focusing my attention on God. Jesus is saying, if you want me to sum this up and give you something pretty simple that everybody listening to me can follow, is when your heart affection is on God, we can focus our minds on God. Listen, this is the challenge when it comes to worshiping God and focusing our mind. Worship is just focusing your attention back on God. But here's the challenge. It's harder, it's easy to speak faith 
but it's harder to walk in faith. Has anybody ever experienced that? And again, the problem with most believers are we are educated beyond our level of obedience. And when it comes to worship, the enemy wants to divide your mind. That's what worry means in the Bible. It means a divided mind. Worship will bring your mind, your heart, and, and your soul and your spirit into alignment with God. Number two, he talks about worship him with all your heart. Worship is expressing my affection to God. How many understand that we are made up of emotions, right? Yes. And listen, we aren't led by, I told somebody the other day, emotions are, are wonderful servants, but they're horrible masters. Amen? I want to tell you this morning, when it says that we not only worship God with all of our mind, we also worship God with all of our heart, and it's really a divided heart that will keep you from becoming the worshiper that God has called you to be. We can't have divided hearts. We can't have allegiances to other things. We can't. We have to give God all of our hearts, but we are emotional beings, and when it says we're going to worship God with all of our hearts, whole strength, and mind, but Satan was the original worshiper. Amen? Listen, when I say that you worship him with your affections, you may come in here or you may be in your car or you may be in your home and you may be in a situation where in that moment the last thing you feel like doing is worshiping God with your affection. But we don't worship him because of our circumstances. We worship him because of who he is. And church, I'm telling you, God is, is, is opening a door of a new place and a new level for everybody in this church, everybody in this room. But it's going to take getting back to some of the basics of, of becoming a worshiper of him again. In other words, when we, when we worship God with our affections, if you're driving down the road, just begin to just, just pour out your love on him. Just begin to lift up his name. Begin to, begin to speak that name. What it does is changes the atmosphere around you. It does. But we're so quick to grumble. Amen? We usually lean on grumbling and complaining about the situation when God has told us what the key is, and the key is to worship him. Then he said strength. Strength to me just talks about not just worshiping God with our, with our emotions and our heart, our affections upon him, not just focusing and worshiping him in our mind and putting our mind on him, but also our strengths. What that simply means is God has invested in you time, talent, and treasures. And I'll tell you this about God. God expects a return on investment. So we think of worship of just coming in here and just lifting our hands and singing together, and that's beautiful. There's a beautiful anointing that comes on the body of Christ when we corporately get together and worship him in spirit and in truth. There are things that will happen in here that won't happen when you're worshiping God at home or in your car. It's the beauty of worship is that we can see answers given. Amen? Amen. So I want to talk for a minute about understanding why the devil would come and try to stop your worship or steal your worship. It's because Satan was the original worshiper. We see in the Bible that he was created for worship in heaven. In other words, we see in the Bible that he was a heavenly worship leader. He was created in such a way. Can I tell you something this morning? You're created to worship too. He not only built instruments into this heavenly archangel named Lucifer, but he also built instruments into you. When we come together, I want to encourage you, clap those hands together. Begin to lift a joyful noise to the Lord. If we're going to go to a new level of worship, God is only going to take us to the level that the very weakest member of our body is at. 
That's the principle of the word, by the way, because we are one body. If we aren't all in unity and one accord to say, okay, pastor, I hear you this morning. We need to go to a new place and worship. Then we won't all get there together. But here's the thing. We know the enemy, and this is the reason I believe he fights worship, whether it be your worship personally or worship corporately in this worship team right here. I believe it's the reason he fights it so hard is because he was created to do that. And like I mentioned in the very beginning, if you weren't here, God has taken job applications. Because that old rascal Lucifer got kicked out of heaven. And I don't want you to think of some big roaring fight in heaven. God snapped his fingers. Jesus said, I saw him fall like lightning from heaven. God snapped his fingers and he was kicked out of heaven. So the reason he will fight your worship so hard is for one very simple reason. One very simple reason. He'll fight your worship so hard because he knows that it's a very key thing that God is looking for in our lives. Very key thing. Very key thing. God created everything, but he created us with the ability to sing. God gave us percussion instruments. God gave us hands. He created us with the ability to make music. The reason that the enemy hates us so much is because we took his job. At least I hope you have. And to become a worshiper. And I know there's nobody in this room, nobody in this room, I I assume, I hope, would just blatantly flat out say, yes, I worship Satan, right? Nobody would say that. But can I tell you who the enemy is? He's very crafty and he's very cunning. None of us would blatantly say that, but can I tell you something very important from the Word and how we understand worship is that he doesn't have to get you to blatantly worship him to get your heart focused on the wrong things. Listen. You guys are like, oh, what's he about to say? (laughs) And I'm serious about this. And you're looking at one of the biggest football fans probably in this room. But if you get more excited over a football game than lifting up the name of God, there's something wrong. If you get more excited about a golf game, if you get more excited about any... My point is simple. The enemy attacks our worship because it's what God desires from us is is obedience and worship. And when our hearts are divided, the reason he comes and tries to get you not worship me, it's looking at us and saying, hey, worship this over worship Worship your finances or lack of. Worship, worship, worship your husband or your wife. Worship your kids. Oh, come on. Okay, since I'm going going down this road, let's go a little further. I'm not talking about necessarily here. I'm talking about even the church I came from. These were very close, good friends of mine, and they loved God. But it blew my mind because little Johnny played travel baseball. They were out of church for six months out of the year. Do you understand how the enemy... I'm telling you of the danger of this because he wants your worship. And he's not going to show up a pitchfork and horns and a cape. Worship me. He takes our affections and he naturally begins to draw them to something. Listen to me. It even may be something good and looks good. But the next thing you know, your heart is slowly drifting away from God. And you're 
who has your worship this morning? Who, who, who has your affections? Because that's really what a worship is. It's expressing your affections in your mind. What is your mind state on? It's expressing your affections in your heart, as we read in Matthew 22. And it's certainly expressing your affections in your strength, which is what you do. If you want to know what you're worshiping, look at what you put your mind on. Look at what, your, what has your affections. Are you hearing me? And look at where you put your time, your talent, and your treasure. And I came to tell a group of people, if we want to go to a new level in worship, if we want to understand what the basics of a Christian life looks like for each and every person in this room, it is worshiping God, it is spending time in His Word, and it's praying to Him regularly. Amen. If you would just get back to the, like a football team. That's maybe going off course and they're not. If you look at your life and say, man, I'm not winning at life, Pastor. I get beat up and beat down. Can I tell you that's not the normal Christian experience? We are to live in victory. We are to live as those who have overcome. And that doesn't mean that you don't fight battles and you don't face things. I'm telling you this morning, if you want to get back to the basics, here in three weeks, you'll come back in here and say, God, look at how I've grown. You just need to remind it. I'm like a good coach this morning. Amen? Amen. Just reminding you of what the basics of the game are. And number one today is understanding that the enemy will come and try to pull your heart to worship something. Can I tell you, it doesn't matter. And, and you guys know my heart. You guys, have, most of you who have been in here for a long time understand there's, there's nothing like sitting up in a tree stand hunting a deer, and God will be right there with you. Amen? Amen. Get out fishing or golfing or whatever those kind of things. God wants you to enjoy life. He just doesn't want you to put all that above Him. Yes. And that really is what worship boils down to. You're worshiping something. My question is, who and what are you worshiping this morning? Does God get your very best, or does He get the leftovers? Because He's God. What you'll find is when you put him first, like Jesus said, hey, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. If we understood that principle in our lives that, God, I put you first and these things that you bless me with, you bless me with a good house, you bless me with a good family, you've blessed me in many areas of my life. Guess who we're ascribing the honor and the thankfulness to? We're ascribing it to him. But the enemy wants our worship. And again, it's, he's not going to show up and, and plainly tell you, yes, I want you to worship me. He's just going to begin to center our hearts on something other than God. In other words, it's not about the music. It is about what is going on inside your heart. Because that is where worship originates. That is where the center of worship is We define worship as a reaction to music. Then we are probably, if we define it as that, then we're missing out on our best opportunities to worship because worship is not about music, it's about your heart. Scripture tells us to continually worship. Can I ask you this morning, is that even possible? To continually worship God? And again, I'm not, as I teach these things over the next three weeks, I... Don't want to see you getting arrested outside of Walmart because you were screaming some lyrics to a Christian song. Come on. Because <laughs> that's exactly what I'm not talking about. I don't know. If you want to go in Walmart and lift up a song to the Lord, it would probably change the atmosphere in Walmart. Amen. Because that's the power that you have in worship. Yes. Change the atmosphere of your home. I went, went 
to go to bed the other night. And I thought Leah had been asleep for probably an hour. And when I came in, there was just worship music playing in our bedroom. And I'm like, let's worship, Leah. We got all these things facing us. Let's just worship our way through it. Many of you are facing tough battles. Can I give you a key? Worship your way through it. How many would say this morning that you understand more about God than you did 10 years ago? Yeah. You know what that tells us? Much the same way, if you read the Old Testament, it's important to understand that they had a progressive revelation of who God was, culminating in the the express word of God, who is Jesus Christ. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, right? I I am the word made flesh. So there's a progressive revelation that we understand. And in Genesis 22, and you don't have to turn there, Genesis 22, I do encourage you this week to read it because it is one of the first places that we see somebody offer a sacrifice to God. And in the story in Genesis 22, of course, it's Abraham. And as a side note, in the progressive revelation of God, but this will help us understand worship, if, if the revelation was progressive in the Old Testament as we look at those people that began to follow God, understand Abraham, Abraham didn't know how he was supposed to worship God. He didn't have the Bible, amen? Amen. He didn't have Leviticus to refer to. He didn't have the word of God to look and say, okay, these are the things that please God and these are the things that don't. This is how I worship God. But he did live in a culture where sacrifice was very common. We're told in the word to offer a sacrifice of praise continually. So here Abraham, when, when God speaks to him and says, I want you to sacrifice your son, your only son, it would have been completely, totally normal culturally. They were even sacrificing their children back then. They were, so what did they do? They understood that when you are going to worship a God, you are going to go and sacrifice something. And, of course, what they would do is they would find a high place. Why did they find a high place to sacrifice something? It's because they had an understanding of God that God is way far off out here, and the higher that I can get, and they would burn us, they would offer a sacrifice, and then they would burn it to their God, because what, what does smoke do? Smoke rises, right? So in Genesis 22, we see this story where, God, where Abraham's like, naturally, yeah, this, this is what I'm supposed to do. But the reason that I say that it's a progressive revelation of God, let me give you a clue of how we worship now on this side of the cross and what we give to God is, is simply this. God is not far off and not understanding of what you're walking through in life. That's what they thought back then is, well, if God's far off, then I'm going to do whatever I can to get up to him. Because after he stays the hand of Abraham, he provides a sacrifice for the sacrifice that he was calling him to make. So the revelation of God in that moment was, this isn't a God that's far off. This is a God that's close by. This isn't a God that wants us to offer this. This is a God who provides his own offering. And that is the reason we worship, is because Jesus Christ was the perfect, living, sacrifice, sinless, spotless Lamb of God that was sacrificed for each one of us. What does that do in our worship? It gives us a revelation of God, that God sometimes will even provide the very thing that he's calling us to to worship him with. Are you listening to me this morning? Jesus shows up and he says, oh, no, 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 no. There's not going to no longer be a system of sacrifices. There's going to be one sacrifice, one time for all who will come into faith into the kingdom. Do you think they like that? They killed him. 
They weren't ready for that revelation, were they? They did away with him simply because he was trying to teach them that, hey, I'm going to make a sacrifice. I'm the one that's going to come near and be the sacrifice. God wasn't a taker. God's a giver. You know why I, I, I give the sacrifice of praise every single day? Because I have a revelation of God that he is a giver and not a taker. Amen? Genesis 22, he said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. So we see there that in worship, worship is something we lay down. Amen? Amen. Worship is something we lay down. It's a matter of the heart because it's in your heart. Listen to me for just a few minutes. It's in your heart where you will determine the cost. Of what you're going to sacrifice. You see some of us aren't willing to pay the price to worship. Because we're worried about how much it will cost us. Listen. It will cost your dignity. Some of you haven't gone to a new level in worship. And young people listen to me for just a second. You guys have services where you have worship in here. Every Sunday night. And you're too worried about what that cute thing over there is going to think of you. As you lift your hands or you begin to dance before the Lord. Can I tell you, if you'll sacrifice to him, he will bring the exact right person. Because we're so worried about our dignity and, and we, we miss the fact that God's just calling us to worship in spirit and in truth. There's always a sacrifice involved in our worship. That's my question this morning. Are we willing to pay the price in worship? Because there is a price. David said this, God forbid that I would offer to God that which costs me nothing. Because I'm not talking about just in the context of coming in here. I'm talking about those moments when everything looks dark and everything looks bleak and everything looks hard. And it's in those moments our hearts are going to make a decision. And if your heart has already been worshiping God and He's first place in your life, the very first natural thing that's going to come is when you are faced with that, you're going to lift up a sacrifice of praise. You're going to lift up your worship. The basics of the game is that if I could get you to quit grumbling when the moment strikes and begin worshiping, you will change the circumstance because while you're worshiping, God is fighting your battles for you. We get it. In our hearts, we just begin to just say, God, I can't believe I'm going through this again. Why is this happening? Why is that happening? Hebrews 13, verse 15. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually Offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips that openly professes his name. So Abraham called the sacrifice worship. Then you come to the New Testament using the word worship, we offer a sacrifice of praise, the Bible says. Isn't that that amazing? That the same principle in the Old Testament applies to our lives now in the New Testament because we are to continually offer a sacrifice of praise. Revelation chapter 4, and again, don't turn there, but we see, how many would say you want to be close to the throne of God? Here and in heaven. I hope so. Come on, y'all. I mean, no, I want to be in the back seat. If I just barely made, you know, I just, I just want to get in the door. Revelation 4 lays out an amazing picture of what our spiritual lives are supposed to be. The amazing picture is, do you understand that we are going to worship For all eternity. I want to get some good practice in here and now. This is is dress rehearsal for eternity. 
This is a loaded, loaded question for sure, but we want to be close to the throne of God. We want to be right there. So what does John experience when he steps from earth to heaven? He's caught up into heaven. He's caught up into what's going on around there. What does he experience? He experiences worship. You know, people talk about going to the Oval Office or doing something amazing like that, and that would be an incredible honor. It would. But can I tell you, you are invited into the Oval Office of the universe. For Jesus to occupy the Oval Office would be a demotion, (laughs) a huge demotion. But listen to me. When we see Revelation chapter 4, what is going on the closest to the throne? Listen to me for just a minute. What is going on the closest to the throne of God? Worship. You see the living creatures. You see the angels covering. You see this wild scene. It's in verses 8 and 9. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to... Listen, look at that. They're giving glory. They're giving honor. They're giving thanks to Him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever and ever. And then it says something so amazing that there's 24 elders around the throne. And those elders, again, the sacrifice of praise that that will continually be on our lips, the sacrifice of thanksgiving, the sacrifice of lifting God up every single day in your life, that sacrifice... The elders were granted, granted. Um, somebody help me, crowns that they wore upon their head. And as they approached the throne, what did they do? They fell down before the throne. And you see, that is real worship, that even what God provides for us, even what we see as God gave me this, it's an understanding that we even sacrifice that back to Him. Because... Church, let me tell you something this morning. He is the source of everything good in your life. And that's what generates worship. What generates worship in my heart and in my life is just constantly reminding myself of how blessed I am. It's not looking at the challenges. It's not looking at the difficulties, although everybody in here has some challenge this morning. It's not focusing on that. It's literally saying, God, I won't offer you something that costs me nothing. And can I tell you, when you get into some of those most difficult moments, and listen, I've been in them, but I know there's certainly more challenges ahead. I think of my dear sister, Lupita, who were continuing to pray for that God would heal her of cancer. They only gave her three months to live. But listen, I'm so proud of her. You want to know why? Because her first reaction, I was with her when the doctors came in and gave the report. Do you know what her first reaction was? To give God thanks. Are you listening to me this morning? To go on Facebook and, and to worship at a keyboard and blessing other people. And I'm, my heart is just like, God, wow. Wow. Do you know why she was able to do that? Because she was already a worshiper at heart. When we're faced with those tough things, when we're faced with those difficult moments, listen, what's in your heart is going to come out. And if I could teach you how to be a worshiper in everyday areas of your life, when you get into the bad place, worship is going to come out of your heart and your life. I love that about my wife. 
when we are we don't know what to do or upset about something, listen, the very first thing Leah Hanks goes and does is put on worship music. Why is that? Because we're coming to the throne of God. You're coming to a place that the Bible, and all these things that are present there, it says an ox, a lion, a lamb, all these things, those are representative. If you need wisdom, listen, come to God's throne and you'll find wisdom. You need strength, worship your way to God's throne and God will supernaturally strengthen you. You need provision for your life, come and worship God and while you're worshiping God, God is providing for you. It all begins and ends with who and what we're worshiping, but our hearts get so pulled in so many directions. Sometimes it's just a good simple reminder that when we get into a place we don't know what to do. Listen, the very first response from a believer is that I'm going to get to the throne of God. I'm going to be in His presence. So, let me give you a few keys this morning. Number one, I think this is so important, so simple yet so important. Whether you've been walking with God for 40 years or you've been walking with God for 40 months. Four days, four weeks. Because we all know this. We all know this. The reason our worship begins to dry up in our life is we have lost our first love. Anybody remember when you got saved? God, I do. Man, going to make me tear up even just thinking about that God would save somebody like me. Listen to me, my love, my devotion, my everything was just poured out continually on the feet of Jesus. If we are going to become a worshiping church deeper than what we already are, a worshiping lifestyle that will impact your family and impact your job and impact every area of your life, you got to get back to this simple, passionate devotion to God. Why? Because it will affect your worship. Listen, Everyone in here has been in love and fallen out of love. Come on, if you're married, you have been in love and you've fallen out of love. Listen to me. Yeah, sometimes in the same day. Thank you. But how many know love is a choice? I'm not talking about some emotional thing where you make a commitment today and say, God, I'm just going to be more emotional for you, especially men in the room. We don't relate those things to our walk with God as much as we should because we all understand love is a choice. Those who love me will keep my commandments. Those who are fully devoted to me. So it's simply coming back to a place where we understand that God wants our best devotion. I'm just simply saying some folks in here just simply need to come back to that moment that you first believed. That first that moment that you first were touched by his presence and listen to me rekindle that passion. Rekindle that fire. That will in turn rekindle your worship. Amen. Amen. Second thing we can do is repent. Everybody say repent. Repent means to remove the obstacles that are in the way. It means to turn around and head the other direction. Listen, when it comes to worship and keeping Jesus as our first love, there are a lot of things that are vying for the attention of your heart. And Jesus told the people that had their attention on other things to repent 
and even do the first works again. Have that simple love. Have that simple devotion. Have that place in our heart where we're constantly being nudged and led by the Holy Spirit of turn away from this. This isn't the right path. That's what repent means. It's opening ourselves up to His conviction and asking a simple question for all of us, including myself, as I've asked this already as I studied for today. We're going to get back to the basics of the game over the next three weeks. It's rekindling, rekindling your first love. It's repenting. It's asking the Holy Spirit, God, what is in the way of my worship this morning? Because, again, I don't think that you need to necessarily memorize something or anything like that. I think it all starts with our heart's devotion. Because the enemy is after your worship. He absolutely is after your worship. He's after what your heart affection is on. If we understand that, then repentance means that we evaluate those areas that are stealing away from devotion to God. Because, again, worship isn't about singing. Worship is about your heart and what it's focused on and what we're looking at. You were created to be a worshiper. You were created to worship God. That fellowship and worship are the key foundation of why God created us to begin with. And we lost that. And this morning, I just want to see God restore that simple love. I want God to restore that that simple place in us, church, that when we are driving down the road, it just naturally overflows and flows out of us. And look, I'm looking at people this morning that I know what you're walking through. I know the difficulties. I know the, 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 the things the enemy has set up to try to hinder you and stop you. And I had a word come forth this past week that was so powerful, and I shared about it on Wednesday, but just, just a little bit. Some of you are so close to the breakthrough. Absolutely. Don't give up. Don't give up. The enemy sets up a line and kind of says, if you're growing in God, he's going to set up a line and he's going to say, no more. You're not going to go any further. And listen, can I give you a key? Worship your way through the enemy's defenses. Begin to lift your voice to God. Begin to worship God. Begin to refocus on him. Begin to make him, once again, your first love, your heart's devotion. Repent from anything that is pulling your attention away from him and his kingdom and his goodness. Amen? And then number three this morning, go ahead and stand. Uh, Tammy or uh, Alexis, if you'd come. When he says, listen to me just for a couple more minutes this morning. I know everybody was up late watching football. I'm going to let you go in just a minute. But I'm serious about this. I had a a missionary that uh, we were good friends with. It was a friend of Leah's dad that he ministered with all over the world for years. Guys, let's sing Jesus, We Love You that we sang a minute ago. This is my assignment for here this week. As we end today, we're going to put into practice what I want you to do the rest of the week. Even if it's this song or something else, or even in that moment when you're faced with something, you just lift up a praise to God. I'm telling you, the reason I'm giving you that assignment is it will change your life. It will change your perspective this morning. But listen to me for just a minute. Give Give me your ear for just a few more minutes. When Jesus said, do the first things, he says this, give worship some of your time. In other words, if I will challenge you to where if you took 10 minutes and did something else, 
take that 10 minutes and go find yourself a quiet place and just begin to worship him. And then I want to encourage you to be transparent. That is so important in our worship. God already knows it. God already sees it. So when you come into the throne room, when you come before his throne to find help and grace in time of need and mercy in time of need that the Bible talks about, can I tell you something? Most of you don't come to God and worship because you don't think he wants you to. You don't think the invitation, when if listen to me this morning, if you have repented and put your faith in Christ, the door is open. I've never come in Jason Hanks. I come in the righteousness is provided by God Almighty through His Son, Jesus Christ. So I can be transparent. If your worship is not transparent, I'm not talking about go out and just sing a loud song in your car. Get with God and begin to tell Him about what your heart is concerned about. Listen to me. That's as much worship as anything else. God, I'm concerned about this family member. God, I'm worried about my job situation. God, I'm, I, 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 I messed up here yesterday. And God, I'm coming to you to receive grace and mercy. Your worship should be transparent. Your worship should be a time where you just go get with God and focus on Him. And here's what else I want you to do as we close today. You can be transparent. Do the first things. You can go get along with Him. Be transparent. And then the, the final one is this. Everybody say trust. trust. When you come to God, you have to trust. You must believe that He is and that He's a rewarder for those who diligently seek His face. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. So the trust element is the faith that when you come to your Heavenly Father and just begin to worship, the trust begins to build. Your spirit begins to build. The atmosphere begins to change. God comes through. Amen? Amen. Here's my assignment. We're going to take a couple minutes and we're going to sing this. And I want you to lift it up to the Lord. Just close your eyes right there where you are. We're almost done, but let's practice what we preach. The simplicity of simple worship to God and devotion. Bow your head and close your eyes this morning. I want to ask this question. With a crowd this size, certainly there's somebody here present with us that says, I need to get my life right with God. i give you the gospel in just a few sentences. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Our, our righteousness is as filthy rags. So you may be the most moral person in this room today. Barely ever lied in your life, barely ever taken, whatever it is, all those things that we know are sin. And you say, that should be good enough to get me to heaven. Can I tell you this morning that our righteousness is as filthy rags, the Bible says. So we have a problem, and it's called sin. And we have an answer, and his name is Jesus. That the sacrifice that he brought paid the price. All you have to do is what Ephesians tell us. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Not of yourselves, lest any person should boast. Who would say this morning that I just need to repent of the sin of my life and put my faith in Jesus Christ? Is there anybody here? Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Let's pray this together, church. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your son. 
I thank you for the sacrifice of your son. Today, Heavenly Father, I come to you with an honest heart, turning away from my sin, repenting, putting my faith in you. I ask you today to wash me clean, change my heart, come into my life. Today, Lord, I ask you to save me. Take me from the kingdom of darkness and place me in the kingdom of light. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Guys, we have Share this Wednesday. I want to encourage you, especially if you're new. It's a good time to fellowship. And we're going to be starting a study on Philippians on Wednesday night. Philippians is the most joyful book in the Bible. And we're going to take each chapter week by week on Wednesdays. For the next two Sundays, we're going to be learning the basics of the game. Next week, we're going to be talking about how the Word was formed and how the Word can make a difference in your life. Amen? Amen. Let me bless you as you go. Father, I bless Christian Center Church. I pray today as the pastor of this wonderful church and these beautiful people, Lord, that they would be blessed. Blessed going in and blessed going out. That, Father, they would be blessed in their homes and blessed at their workplaces. That everything they put their hand to, Father, would be prospered by you. Lord, we ask you to protect each and every person here. Protect our families and our extended families, Lord God, until we are back together at the appointed time. Father, I speak the blessings of Almighty God over this congregation. Let health flow and let the joy of the Lord be their strength. And Lord God, this week, when we get faced with a moment to grumble, I pray we would lift up a sacrifice of praise to you. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. Go in the name of the Lord. I love you. If nobody's told you they love you today, your pastor loves you. Thank you for being in the house today.